Welcome to the MP3 Podcast, Mastering Personality, Perspective, and Productivity, where we believe you need a stronger foundation for a higher elevation. We invite you to listen as we talk about personality, to connect and to understand, perspective, to explore and shine, and productivity, to demonstrate and resolve. And now, your hosts, Ariel Kopak and Roger Wolkoff. Vulnerability is a big, broad topic, a word that is used as a blanket to cover so many emotions and situations, callings even. What does vulnerability mean to you? What does it mean in different contexts, in different conversations, in different relationships? Impactful, influential people such as Brene Brown and other leaders have started to expose what vulnerability means, how it's oftentimes feared, avoided, pushed down, or oftentimes utilized with great courage and strength. But there comes a calling sometimes to be vulnerable. And how do you know when it's right to listen to that calling? How do you know when you're being called to be vulnerable versus when you're being called to heal? There's vulnerability when it comes to your own healing process. And there's vulnerability when it comes to sharing with the world the ways in which you've healed so that they might heal too. Brene Brown says, vulnerability is not about winning and it's not about losing. It's about having the courage to show up and be seen. Roger, what does vulnerability mean to you? Great question. Love this topic of vulnerability. First words that come to mind are being open, sharing, and connecting with someone. I never really thought about the potential harm of vulnerability. Never thought about that. I always thought of vulnerability as just being open to share and also to accept. How about for you? What does vulnerability mean to you? Well, as you know, we think very differently. So I went more towards the openness to harm, but also the beauty and the sharing. I think I believe that our beauty is in our brokenness. And so when we share our vulnerability, we are sharing our brokenness and creating that connection with someone else. And I think that is beautiful. But I do think that when you're being vulnerable, truly vulnerable, you are opening yourself up, opening yourself up to someone, opening yourself up to harm, and also opening yourself up to healing. So when I think of vulnerability, I think openness, but that openness comes with so much. Right. And I like how you put it, that it is being open and accepting of our brokenness. And I always tended to think of brokenness as, and that's why I I tended to think of it as weakness. And that what I love about what you just said there, it's okay. There's an acceptance and a permission. Look, kids, we're all broken. (laughs) And I have this overly optimistic, idealistic sense that (laughs) we're not broken. And you've shared with me a number of podcasts, a number of ideas that show me that, you know what, when we're vulnerable, it's okay. It's okay. And that brokenness is okay. I appreciate that. Well, the acknowledgement that we are, we all have brokenness. I shouldn't say that we are broken, but we all have brokenness. Yes. That creates that connection because we heal most with one another as well as within ourselves. Realizing that we're in a constant journey of healing and becoming and the more scars we acquire, the more healing that must be done or vice versa. But I think it's important to, like I said, Vulnerability is such a big blanket statement. And the definition of 
vulnerability is, or synonym is susceptibility, but the definition is being exposed to the possibility of being attacked or harmed, either physically or emotionally. So when we talk about opening yourself up to being harmed or attacked, either physically or emotionally, and yet there's this calling in our current state and our day and age of be vulnerable, be vulnerable. How do we deal with those two entities of you're opening yourself up to being harmed physically or emotionally, according to the definition of vulnerability? And they're saying you should be vulnerable to create connection and to be real and honest and authentic with people. In order to do that, you have to be vulnerable. It brings the question, which is why we're doing this podcast episode of how do you merge those two? How do you bring those together? How do they coexist? Right. And I think it comes with, I'm going to steal from Brene Brown, self-acceptance and self-compassion. Knowing that when you open yourself up, you're going to be harmed. And I'm going to talk about this in a little bit. I tend to think some patterns of how I tend to think sometimes are all or nothing thinking and learning to deal with that and, and not thinking in terms of all or nothing thinking. But when I hear open yourself up to pain, I think, oh my gosh, I'm going to open myself up completely to pain. I would think that there weren't levels. There are levels, right? I can be open and vulnerable and understand that, you know what, I might get harmed a little bit. No, it's okay. And it was interesting what you said before that just really clicked for me that when we heal, there are scars. And I, for a long time, was ashamed of my scars. And that I was not willing to show you or anybody or even talk about what the heck my scars were, right? Because they're ugly. They're bad. No, 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 no. Scars are beautiful. Emotional scars are beautiful. And I know we've seen stories where there are people who show their physical scars and we redefine beauty in, in terms of what we think beauty is. And it made me rethink what emotional beauty is in that it's okay to show you my scars. And we're going to talk about mm-hmm. the appropriateness of when it's okay to do that. But yeah, I love what you said there. Well, the piece that clicked as we're talking about this is there's a difference between showing someone your scars and showing someone your open wound. Correct. But when you talk about the tears and the where you're at in the process, the people that you show your open wounds to may differ from the people that you show your, probably should differ from the people that you show your scars to. Meaning I wouldn't open up my open wound to the world. I would only expose my open wound to someone whom I trusted would be there with the intention to heal, not harm. There's no guarantee, right? With vulnerability, you are opening yourself up. There's no guarantee that you won't be harmed. And oftentimes, even healing is hurtful. Correct. Sometimes even healing can be hurtful in some ways. Just like when you're doing a disinfectant or something, it can be hurtful in the process <laughs> of healing. Right. But... I would only want to share my open wound with someone whom I knew had the intention to heal. When you're sharing your story or your experience, your scar, that has already healed. That would be harder for someone to hurt. The exposure can be scary, but the harm, as you say, should not be as severe because you've already healed. And so I think talking about private vulnerability versus public vulnerability, the scars and the wounds are a great metaphor for this in that your private vulnerability with an intimate group or with a trust resource, a friend, a therapist, someone in your inner circle whom you love and trust is someone whom you can expose those open wounds to and go through that healing process with. Whereas sharing with the world, your story, you and I both do professional speaking and there's a lot of vulnerability that we share in those experiences. There we're sharing our scars, not our open wounds because we've healed it's still exposure and exposure can be scary, but it's much less dangerous exposure, I guess. It is less dangerous, right? 
And as we say in the speaking world, you don't want to do your therapy on stage. People told me that Mm -hmm. very early on. And I said, well, great. Then what the heck am I going to talk about? (laughs) (laughs) So I realized then, okay, I can talk about what I've healed from Mm -hmm. as a means to help someone. Yes. And the story that I want to share with you and our listeners is one where you brought this to light, the private versus public. When is it okay? What is private and versus public? The story is a very simple premise. Boy has parents, parents get divorced. <laughs> and I was probably about 11 years old. Yeah, I was 11 years old. And this was fine and, and all and wonderful. Not all and wonderful, but I remember when my parents told me, and the one thing that struck out the most to me, after we had, they'd had the grown-up conversation with me that they were getting divorced or separated, here's the thing they told me. Don't tell anybody. Now, you may be thinking any number of things, and I was like, excuse me? <laughs> I still go back, and I remember, why in the world would you don't tell anybody? Now, this was, it doesn't matter when it was, but it was late 70s, but I had this intense desire to talk this out. I've shared this with our audience. I'm an extrovert. I do a lot of external talking talking through feelings, talking through ideas. And uh, as an ENFP, right? Feelings. Want to talk about feelings? Anyway, what that set off for me was a pattern of, I had this dam of emotions and things I wanted to talk about, but I couldn't talk about with anybody, even them. It really meant even not talking about that with them because they weren't very receptive then to talk about it. So here's this 11-year-old kid. Hey, you want to talk to me? Want to talk to me? Want to talk to me? (laughs) I want to talk. I want to talk. I want to talk. And then it wasn't until later that I was like, so imagine walking around with this dam of emotion. So fast forward, high school years, college years, here's the deal. As soon as I saw an opening for somebody who would let me in, I took that as a sign that, okay, I can share all my emotions with you about how I'm feeling right now. I would come at you with this intensity of emotions. Hey, let me tell you about my parents' divorce. This is it. This is my story. This is this. Oh my gosh. And I would spill out and vomit these emotions. And I'm like, Looking back, I don't want to be on the other side of that conversation. What I'm getting to is I was having these private, raw conversations with not the right people. What I needed to do, and eventually did, I did heal from this. Let's close the loop on this. I did eventually heal from this and understand that this was the wrong thing for them to ask and all that. I healed from the fact that I didn't need to lead with this story all the damn time. (laughs) Because, my gosh, hey, it's like playing the Edmund Fitzgerald song at a party. What a downer. Mm -hmm. So this don't tell anybody created this flood of me wanting to have raw conversations with people. And it wasn't until I was able to close the loop and heal from that that I could talk about it. Well, and what I love about you sharing that, Roger, is if there's anyone else who out there was told at some point in time don't share this, don't talk about this, and they didn't realize how much that impacted them, that story that you just shared can help someone else in their healing. I hope so. And I think that's the beauty of vulnerability is you can help someone else in their healing by showing them your scars and showing them, hey, I've healed, you can heal too. Right. And that's exactly it. Even after I healed from that, I never wanted to show anybody my scars because I thought they were ugly. They're not ugly. They're part of who I am right? I can roll up my sleeve and show you that scar metaphorically, right? I can show you that emotional scar. And it's a way to understand me now without me having to dump all that on you, right? I wouldn't go into all of what I just said. I would just say, you know what? Here's an example of when I learned that, please don't ever tell anybody, don't tell anybody. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Agreed. And I think the piece about open wound versus scar and you sharing your scar, exposing that one. Thank you for doing that. So I think it's really powerful when you do to share with someone 
I had a wound that I've healed from, and I have that scar that will always be there. It'll always be with me. It's always going to be a part of me, but it's part of what makes you beautiful, and it's part of what allows you to contribute to the healing of others. But with our current day and age of this emphasis on vulnerability, I think sometimes it can be misperceived as you're supposed to share all of your wounds or any of your wounds. And that can be a little bit dangerous in some ways if someone thinks that they have this expectation to share their open wound, right? Especially with the world or with non-vetted party, perhaps you might, one might say it. Brene Brown, again, she refers to marbles, someone essentially earning your trust. And it's important to have those people who've earned your trust, letting them be with you in their open wound healing and using your scars as your, I think of it as your give back to the world. Like if you've healed from that, that's your opportunity to share and help others to heal and your give back to the world for having healed. And that makes you a stronger, in my opinion, even more beautiful person. But when we talk about the scars, I think you brought up something really powerful, which is that when that fear is there, it can sometimes be that fear of exposure, that fear of the scar, the acknowledgement that you're not perfect, right? We talk a lot about perfectionism, acknowledging the brokenness that you've had, that you've healed from. But just like with a scar, it's a broken bone when healed is stronger. You are stronger and more powerful because you have that scar. That's so powerful because for a long time, I thought my scars made me weak. Mm. The opposite is true. Just as you said, Absolutely, they're part of who I am and they're part of my beauty. And if you don't like it, that's fine. Maybe we're not meant to connect or be, or if that's a judging, that's okay. I accept that. That's all right. Mm -hmm. I don't want to put that on anybody, but it's okay to do that. It is okay. And I'm just curious, how do you feel about sharing any of your story? I mean, does that come back to you in any way? Yeah. Well, it's funny. I was talking to someone, a couple people actually in the past week or two about sharing your story. And they were sharing with me that they are told they need to share their story more or it's difficult for them. It feels very vulnerable for them to share their story, their thoughts, their feelings, all these things. And my response upon hearing that was, perhaps there's a part that hasn't been healed then. Because as you say, showing that scar can be scary, yes, but the real fear comes in if you know that your wound isn't healed. That's where you're essentially opening yourself up to more harm, more than just exposure. So for my story, I said, as is recorded in one of our previous episodes, I shared about my limiting beliefs story early on. And I said, I'm able to share my limiting belief story of discovering that my communication issues or challenges that I was having was a result of my deep-rooted subconscious fear of being anything like my biological father, because I viewed him as the epitome of selfishness, and being anything like that was my greatest fear. And I didn't realize that was coming up in my communication pattern. We've talked about this. And I said, the reason I'm able to share that is because I acknowledged it and I've worked through it and I've healed from it. And the moment I discovered it was not when I was healed from it. It took continual awareness, practicing, leaning in. But I can say I've healed from it now. So now if someone heard that story and I said something that had a seemingly selfish component or they said something and said, well, that seems selfish. I guess you are like your biological father. That would no longer hurt me. Because I have accepted that that is a falsehood. It is not true. And if someone said that to me, I would say, you're crazy. I'm a human. I have selfish intentions just like everybody else. That doesn't mean that I'm an all-over selfish person. We are wired to take care of ourselves, eat, self-serve in all these ways. I can have a selfish component or selfish reasons for things and not be a selfish person. It does not mean that I'm like my biological father. So if someone said that to me, they couldn't hurt me with that. But if someone had said that to me prior to me discovering this and going through that healing work, that would have made me like it did the first time, 
cry. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that takes a lot. Right. So yes, it would have hurt me deeply mm-hmm. if someone had said that before my healing. Now I can share that story and not be afraid of someone saying that and it hitting through because it's healed. It's a scar. It's something it can be exposed, but it's not an open wound that they can hit and hurt. You had the courage to deal with it then, which was great. And there's another element of courage too, in that you proudly are able to show that scar and use it as a, I'm kind of drawing an analogy here, but it's also a shield, right? It no longer triggers you. It's like, yeah, you bet. I'm selfish. Doesn't mean like I'm him. Mm -mm. That's okay. I accept selfish behavior in whatever way it is. Doesn't mean I'm like them or that other person. It's interesting. Our conversation brought to light to me patterns that I'd repeated over and over, currently talking through that with someone. And it reminded me of, okay, remember when I was talking about my teen years and all that and just wanting to connect with anybody? The patterns also evolved for me that there's an intensity of emotion that I tend to throw out at people like it's an all or nothing proposition. So if I saw that with you, there were patterns where I would still continue to do that intense emotion. And so I'm going to leave it there because going any deeper, it's still raw. And I now know that it's not an indication for me to just continue on with that conversation. I will be at a future state, right? I'm open to the fact that I'm, let's say, in open surgery right now. I'm open and raw. Yet I now know that there's a level of intensity with which I should be or could be sharing information with people. And so while going through that process, that's great. I'm not going to take this on the stage, not going to go any deeper on the podcast. Just know that I'm okay. (laughs) and that everything is working out. Yet I realize that when I have a connection with someone, it's not license or an open invitation for me to take advantage of that person's vulnerability either. And I say that in terms of this emotional intelligence piece of a social awareness piece. I was not being socially aware to know that if I made a connection, say with you or someone else to say, hey, do I think Ariel can handle this? Well, I don't care. I'm just going to emotionally dump anyway. I never made that connection. I didn't have the self-management or self-awareness skills yet to understand that. Now with that awareness, can work on it. We'll keep you updated on the scar. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Share your scars, not your open wounds with the world. That's the lesson. When you talk about social awareness, this is actually a question that I had when I was at a conference and that I was able to ask a LinkedIn influencer, you might call her. I asked her, I have that a social awareness pretty well, I think, to know when to be vulnerable, how to be vulnerable, how much to be vulnerable, what to share. And in our conversations, we're continuing to to gather more and more clarity around that. But I said, I don't know how to do that when it comes to social media. Mm. There's so much variety there on vulnerability and people sharing their story and all of these things. And I'm thinking social awareness, I understand. Social media, I don't understand. (laughs) I don't understand it. I say I'm a terrible millennial in that way. (laughs) (laughs) I also don't understand the vulnerability levels to have with social media. And so I asked her, how do you manage that? And what she helped me to realize is that it's not that different Mm -hmm. from in-person, which is what she said, especially because when she's doing vulnerability on social media perspective, it's to add value, right? It's to create connection. And she said, if I ever get the response of, I'm so sorry, or a pitying response, I know I didn't communicate it correctly because I'm supposed to be sharing something that I've healed from or worked through that will help someone else to heal or give value back to them, not to heal myself. And that was, I was like, it's exact same then, just as with in-person and social awareness, 
vulnerability to connect and share with others for the world to help them give to their healing, not to seek validation, help and healing for one's self from the world because you're opening yourself up to so much. You are. What a great tie back to private versus public healing and vulnerability. Again, that reminder that private, you're raw, not healed, still healing. So it's not, maybe that's not the place to put it out on social media. Maybe that's the check. And perhaps, like you said, if you're still seeking validation, that's raw, that's private, probably not the place to put that out in the world to consume. Public, on social media, I say it must cast again. You're healed. You're healed enough to share with others, to heal. No longer seeking validation. You're already affirmed. And it's okay to show the scar. Yes. Great example. Yes. As you said before, it takes the courage to heal. And that should probably be done mostly in private. And then it takes the courage to show which is where you can serve the people in the public so much. True. So what should we be taking away from this, Ariel? Well, again, vulnerability is such a big blanket term, and I think it's important to... Roger, you tease me about my specificity with words. It teased me in a good way. <laughs> I'm very particular about the words, and vulnerability is such a big topic and such an important and powerful one. I think it's important to dig down a little bit deeper and say, okay, but when is vulnerability public and when is it private? And from our conversation, which just came up organically, I think it's helpful to think, is this an open wound that I still need healing from and I need to be careful who I let in? Because I also think open wound, right? It's more open to infection. It's more open to greater damaging and greater hurting. So is an open wound where more of a care needs to be taken, more consideration for who you let in. And as you talk about that receptivity, making sure that someone is open to being a part of that healing process. Is this an open wound or is this a scar? Is it close to being a scar where you can do a little more healing and share that with the world and help others to know that they can heal in that too and give such incredible value back to them? And if there's a piece that if you're afraid to share, to show, then is it just leaning into that courage to expose that scar and show the world that you're imperfect and that we all have brokenness that we can heal from? Or is it that you know that that's a wound that hasn't healed and you have to go and do perhaps some hard work to heal that wound. And I'm going to share with you and our audience, that's one thing you created so much awareness for me around this when we started talking about this topic, that the concept of healing, I was initially resistant to. It didn't make sense to me. And through our conversations in preparing for this show and our discussions, you shined a light on it for me that really made me see vulnerability again in a deeper new perspective that I was able to quickly accept, which is really, really neat, which leads me to my takeaway of vulnerability used right is used to help others. And you and I both come from helping places. And so I never thought about vulnerability in that sense, again, until this kind of conversation. And public vulnerability in its purest form, we've said, it's not to validate oneself. And that's interesting because when we talked about that, it was like holding up a mirror. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, I've done that. <laughs> it's given me a new awareness. And I hope it does for our listeners, too. I hope so as well. I think... The awareness of the separation between desire, which is natural, innate desire to work to heal oneself. It's important to identify when do you need healing? When is that wound open? 
and it's time to go in and do that introspection and healing. And if you do that hard work, we, the world, will be grateful because then you have the exposure to share that you healed and others can heal too. I agree. And the world could use more of that and more of you. It's so worth the work. So worth it. Until next time, this is Ariel and Roger helping you to master your personality, perspective, and productivity. Be sure to follow Ariel and Roger on your favorite social media channels and to rate the show highly where you listen to your podcasts. Now, Ariel and Roger have three asks of you. Share this with at least one person who may benefit from this content. Capture your three takeaways from this episode and visit www.mp3-podcast.com to subscribe to the podcast and to get contact information for your hosts along with their upcoming coaching and speaking events. Thanks for listening to MP3, Mastering Personality, Perspective, and Productivity, where we believe you need a stronger foundation for a higher elevation.